Hello, and welcome back. Final episode of this season of the Axios Wellness Podcast. We're Ed and Brittany. We're the hosts and coaches of Axios Wellness. Quick disclaimer, our dog is here. She's here. There's also construction going on outside. I just want to say, I know they can't see her, but she is literally the cutest. And by podcast studio, by the way, it's our friend's apartment. (laughs) We don't actually have like a It's really high tech. It's very high tech over here. So there may be some weird noises. There may be some audio issues. It's totally okay. This is the Q&A at the end of the season. We had a blast. Yeah. It's a fun time. Yeah. So we hope you enjoy um, listening as we take you on this journey today. And let's get into it. Today, we have our very special bonus Q&A episode. We're so excited. Our producer, Molly, for those of you who haven't heard her on a previous episode, is going to be taking us through all the questions today and probably interjecting at different points because that's (laughs) what makes this fun. And um, yeah, we're going to get into it. Molly's going to take us away and jump into some of the questions that have come in throughout the season. You've got a great spattering of questions. Ooh, I'm excited. It's going to be good. I, I, I did not wake up this morning <laughs> expecting the word spattering. Spat- I believe it was smattering. Smattering? No, she said spattering. Said spattering. spattering. What's the difference between a spattering and a smattering? I don't think smatter is a word. That's the <laughs> difference. Is. We're going to look this up later, but let's move on. Okay. We are going to dive into the question that is the question. The question. For since humanity has been humanity. Oh wow, this is this is a big question. <laughs> How can I tell if he or she is the one? Oh. Oh, how can I tell if he or she is the one? Um, babe, you want to start us off on this one? I don't I don't believe there's a the one. Can you expand on that? Okay. Um I so here's the logical flaw in that. What if you're the one lives in Timbuktu and doesn't have internet? <laughs> How are you going to find him on Bumble or Hinge or Tinder or whatever? <laughs> or eHarmony or Christian Mingle right. or FarmersOnly.com? Ooh, this is a good movie. I think they made a movie like this. What if you were born in different time periods Ooh. and that was your one? What so you, you had to invent time travel to find your the one? Yeah. That's an... This here's that sounds like a hallmark this is, extravaganza. This is I'm sure it exists. And you meet at Christmas, both wearing Gap outfits yep. in a small town. But the timelines are like happening at the same time. You know, they like. Are you bring talking about together. string theory? Maybe. In Hallmark, we digress. <laughs> Hallmark's Hallmark's not messing with string theory. Let no, me tell you that. No, they're, their clientele is not quite. <laughs> At the IQ level. You don't know. (laughs) They could. I I think you choose the one by your willingness to do the work to get it right in a relationship. I think there's things that will make it easier. Mm -hmm. I have met people and been around people that if you were to observe them and hear their story, you would say, oh, you picked the quote unquote wrong one. Right? And Mm -hmm. their willingness to continue to, to grow and develop and build this thing together has made it that this was their choice of the one. Right. Right? There are some healthy markers that you look for in a relationship. Yeah. Yeah, obviously. Like, are you value congruent? Do you see the same picture for the future? We say obviously, but it 
It's not necessarily obvious. obvious. Well, yeah. So here's a couple things that would help make it most likely they could be the one, right? Is your value congruent? You see a a similar picture of the future, right? Right. Do you have a similar faith tradition? Are you moving in the same direction? Yeah, absolutely. Stuff like that. Those big rocks in your life, are they congruent with the other person? And also keep in mind, all of those things could be true, but also it's important, like, do you enjoy spending your time with this person, right? Mm -hmm. Like, is this someone that you look forward to when you're going to see them next and you're excited about the adventures you're going on together and what you're creating and what you can build for the future, Mm -hmm. right? Like all of those things are incredibly important. And like you were alluding to before, it's like, I don't know that it's realistic for us to think that there's only one person in our life that we can, we can experience that with. I don't think that that's true. Yeah. Another big general rule that we've encouraged people is if you have parts of you that show up when you're allowing yourself to be the best version of yourself that you have to hide with them, mm. they're probably not the one. Yeah, if you need to shrink any parts of yourself or feel like you have to like apologize for things that are important to you, that's probably a good indicator that they're not the one. Go find less. Go go find less. Yeah. Right. And that and by the way, that's not the dysfunctional parts of you, right? Like, there are things that were around when you and I started dating that needed to go. Right. Because they were selfish and dysfunctional yeah. and unhealthy. I'm talking about the highest and best version of Right, me. right, Like, I'll use our story as an example. This is just such a good illustration of this. I always felt like I was too strong mm-hmm. of a female. Like, I had too much... That's why I work out as hard as I do. Yeah, to Because you're up. strong. Yeah. yeah. But no, I really felt a lot of like shame about that and was worried about that as I got older and like started thinking about finding a life partner. Like, am I going to have to make myself less in order to be attractive to a man? And that was one of in our, as we were getting to know one another and then we first started dating, that was one of the things you articulated like at the beginning that attracted you to me was how strong I was and how I was already building something even aside from from you I wasn't like waiting around for that to happen and that was like a huge piece of assurance for me that you were my person yep those are good those are good answers thanks Molly if we were did not have all these other questions I would ask some follow-ups but that's gonna have to be another that's a big conversation it really is yeah all right so let's stay in this space of dating okay because um you know why not uh, okay, is my boyfriend overreacting to my friendship with another guy? So can Ooh. you talk us through this? But then can you also then talk us through is how is it different when you're married? Mm-hmm. Your friendships with opposite with the opposite sex. Yep. So like you know what I mean. So just take us through that journey. Yeah. <sighs> there's there's a big old bag of caveats to this question. Yeah. So just. Answer to the, your, the best of your ability with yeah, the time I, frame that we have. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would say my answer to that would really depend on what was the standard that was set when you guys started dating, right? right. Like we have friends that are totally, they have thriving relationships that are very healthy and they have friends of the opposite sex and that is normal and conceptualized within their relationship. Right. on both sides. On both sides. Yeah. For us... That's something that we decided not to do, right? Mm -hmm. Like for us, for our standard and let back up one second. Relationships are built on time, words and actions, right? So if there was a woman in our lives that I was spending a lot of time, words and actions with, 
my first question to myself would be why is that or is this at the detriment of my relationship with Brittany, uh-huh. right? Is there some point of some point of vulnerability or connection that I'm finding hard to do with Brittany right now that I'm replacing that right. with I'm this other person. I'm gravitating to this other person. Yeah. So, and I'm... That would be a flag. Yeah, that's a flag. Yeah, yeah. that's something that's... There's a bigger... There's a thing beneath the surface that needs addressing. Yeah. Like, why am yeah. I feeling drawn to this other person? Yeah, I, I have found the unhealthy version of that when as we have worked with people and been around people and even in seasons when, like, when we were first dating and it was still this, like, we're not married yet type thing generally my draw to do that with another woman was because there was something that I wasn't getting right or leaning into with Brittany, right? So that's why for me, that's not something that we do, right? We have couple friends and I am friends with both the husband and the wife, absolutely. I would never go, for me, I would not go hang out with the wife alone, right? right? Or hang out with... That's a standard that we have. Yeah, it's a standard that we have for our relationship. And for the person asking this question... I would first encourage this person to mirror back. Can you help me understand why this is bringing up such alarm in you? Yeah. Right? Like there, there's some context needed there of, you know, does maybe that, that person that I'm dating has some, a history of being cheated on, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's a whole other level of, of understanding there. That's important to know when you're going into a relationship with someone of what they've experienced and what they might be quote unquote triggered by. Well, and I will also say generally like dudes, like if you were hanging out with another dude, like I would be able to tell pretty quickly, like I don't trust that guy's intentions, even if you may not be able to see that. Yeah. Right. Yep. So like there's that stereotypical story, like rom-com where the chick has a guy best friend and she falls in love with someone else. And then on their wedding day, the guy best friend stands up and goes, you can't marry them. I've loved you forever. Right. And the whole time the fiance is like, I don't like that guy. And I don't think his intentions are true. Oh no, he's just my best friend. Right. Like listen to your part. Like if someone's raising a flag and saying, this doesn't feel healthy and Uh I don't think it's good. There's probably a reason for that. I'm probably the one who's not seeing stuff right. Right. But what if it's just somebody who like won't even let you hang out with, you know, right. You know, yeah. there, so there they, is a level. So just, yeah, there's yeah. a level of an extreme that can be crossed into. And again, that would be a broader question of, you know, is there some unhealthy dynamics of control yeah. from this person? Yeah, control, insecurity, a lack of trust. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So maybe getting other, maybe getting advice, getting mm-hmm. other yeah. voices into the. Definitely some additional context is needed. Yeah. So then let's move into this question, which is a little bit more, and it doesn't have to stick with romantic relationships, but mm-hmm. I think it, it will dovetail right into it is how do you build trust in a relationship? Oh, that's a good question. That's, I mean, that's like, huge. how do you build that? Yeah. I have two tracks to that. So I think we overlook how we built trust when we were younger, right? The way I grew in trust and friendship with the people that, I did life with in school when I was younger is they remembered my birthday and they saved a seat for me at lunch. Right. right? And they asked me how my day was going and they would let me exchange. I love my mom, but the lame lunch I got for one of the cool things that like that (laughs) person. Everybody at the lunch table was trying to trade lunches. Yeah. Don't pretend like you Give me some Oreos. I don't want my apple. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'll give you my orange for your Twinkie. Yeah, exactly. Right. (laughs) Oh, Twinkies are so good. Dude, that was like the revered snack. Yeah. They don't they don't go bad. 
Yeah, there's a problem with that. It's like, gross. there's going to be, in the, after the apocalypse, Ooh. there's going to be roaches perfect... and, Twinkie. and Twinkies. That's basically it. Blah. Have you ever had a roasted Twinkie? I, I didn't like how closely that was to the word roach. <laughs> no. I had the same. Have exact, you ever had... Same brain. I have taken a Twinkie, put it on a s'more stick, and roasted it, uh-huh. and it is phenomenal. I, I believe you. Yeah. I, that would taste good. So hey, there's, how do we build trust? Yeah, so that's... that's <laughs> We give digress. them a Twinkie. Yeah, give them a Twinkie. So there's the small things, that's right? Not wrong. We yeah. we think trust in relationships are built in the massive overtures, mm-hmm. and they're not. They're built in the small things, right? Small everyday actions. And then from that foundation of trust, you have healthy conflict. This is true, by the way, in all types of relationships. Yes. This is not just romantic relationships. If you're a boss who has an employee that is having some, like, they're just not showing up in the way that they were before. Like, this is a great opportunity to exercise this idea of building trust is like you noticing or remembering that they mentioned that their son was going through a hard time, right? Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I, I remembered you said this. How has that been going, right? Yeah. Like, that's you extending a bridge to them and building that trust, that, that rapport. Yeah. So from that rapport, you have healthy conflict, which proves that I am more for us and us getting it right than I am about me getting it right. So we've had, there was, you are not naturally prone to conflict. You do not enjoy it. <laughs> and we had a conversation where I had this realization, how could we know that we're actually choosing each other if we don't have moments of conflict and in our behavior in the midst of conflict, we chose, I continue, we prove I continue to choose you. Yeah. Right? So the presence of, the absence of conflict is not the presence of peace. Yeah. Right? Yep. And that is a deep source of trust for us. And it's not that we're like looking for things to fight about. No. Again, the foundational source of trust for us is our behavior towards each other. It's yeah. the little things, right? And that is proven even more true by our ability to have a tough conversation, choosing to compromise, choosing to getting it right, and continue to build forward. Yep. 100%. All right. Well, then, I mean, this, you've kind of already done it, but so let's wrap it all, this little part up in a bow with this question of somebody brought, wrote in, what does a healthy relationship look like? I know we could do 10 podcasts mm-hmm. on that. Right. But like, if you want to give just a broad stroke of that. Man. But, I, but what you just talked about was um, healthy conflict. Yeah. You yeah. talked about choosing each other. That's a big part you of a healthy relationship. You talked about being able to have conversation yep. about and knowing is, okay, this, my, the guy I'm dating is insecure because he's had breakups. So he, he's asking me not to um, have guy friends. And it's really giving up something yeah. for the... I think because of where knowing where he's at at that moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. To me, one of the main markers of a healthy relationship, again, regardless of the type of relationship, is open, honest, responsible communication that goes both ways. So we talked about that in one of our previous yeah, podcasts. Yeah, go back and listen to those. If you yeah. yeah, if you didn't hear that one on how to how to say what you mean to say, definitely encouraged you to listen to that because this idea of open, honest, responsible communication, most of us do a good job of eventually maybe especially if you're someone like me that struggles with expressing your needs or like feeling tension you might avoid having open or honest dialogue with someone um but eventually it'll reach a point where you're kind of pushed to like i i yeah i don't like this this makes me feel like this that's usually where it stops right is these kind of overt statements to or about the other person 
open, honest, responsible communication is me owning the, the interpretation of those events. And so it's being able to say, hey, my experience of you when you said this was this, or in this situation was this. The story I'm telling myself about it is this. And I want to get this right. So like, what needs to be true for us to get this right moving forward? Yeah, yeah I and, would say, yeah. I would say a healthy relationship for us has grown into... I don't have a succinct way of saying it that we exchange in our fullness. Yeah. That the expectation is that I'm going to do everything that needs to be true to bring out the highest and best version of me. And that I give Brittany permission and space to do the same. And in me taking care of me for Brittany and Brittany taking care of her for me, we are complimenting each other like in congruency and now can go and do and accomplish more than we ever could have done done alone. Yeah. I don't know. I would say a third final marker that this is one that we have really started to understand the importance of is fun. Mm. I think a lot of relationships, especially if you're prone to like personal growth, like Ed and I definitely are this way, we can be doing all of these other things so well. And then we, um, uh, what's, what's the name of the marriage book? The Simbus book. Um, why am I basic on the authors? I don't, the I parrots, don't, Les yeah. and Leslie Parrot. They have a great concept of, they call it the triangle where there's three sides of commitment, intimacy, and passion. And for Ed and I, we found a lot in our relationship. We're always really strong in commitment, really strong in intimacy, intimacy as far as our friendship, like our spending time with one another. And then sometimes we miss out on the passion one and passion doesn't just mean like sex and romantic side of love it's like adventure and fun and laughing and so it's we need all three of those to make a strong triangle and a healthy relationship that's really good really good stuff all right well this person put in and i think this can kind of also flow well i often find when i am upfront and honest with someone and you could take this as any kind of a relationship Mm -hmm. maybe hit on all of those when i'm upfront and honest they take it as criticism or attacking them how can I appropriately bring up something that's bothering me without it coming across as a personal attack? This is a big one. <clears throat> this, yeah, this shows I, up a lot. Yeah, I. it has been healthy for us and for the people we work with to realize that when I have a conversation with someone, I need to differentiate the action from the person. People are not always doing something and ultimately what they do is not who they are. Right. Mm -hmm. That is why we use the phrase my experience of you is. And then the responsible part of that is the reason that my experience of you is bugging me is because of the story I'm telling myself about that experience. Yeah. Right. Generally, when things when we go to relay feedback to someone or like our experience of them, it's usually language and timing Mm -hmm. are the two biggest proponents for it, like blowing up. Yeah. Is language like, timing and don't you think it's the tone of your voice yeah for sure like that's kind of what it? i mean by language is oh, like how i'm saying what it is that i'm trying to say yeah. is it is it do i even realize how accusatory my words are of like you always do this you never do this you make me feel like this yeah or raising your voice being short being condescending mm-hmm. for sure and, and i think I think that comes from if I am going to bring something up, it's in a desire to get our relationship right. 
mm-hmm. not to prove myself right. Mm-hmm. So if the reason I want to bring feedback to someone is to prove myself right about their bad behavior, then I have work to do before I bring it up, yeah. right? And what would that work be? Yeah, it's, well, so two things. I have noticed for me, I'll use Brittany and I, one of the times where feedback is not appropriate is when it's a preference over an actual issue, yeah. right? Like how Brittany loads the dishwasher versus how I want to load the dishwasher <laughs> is not worth a conversation, right? Like I can get over myself. Uh, another another huge one, like... Unless maybe it's resulting in like broken dishes or something. Yeah, but yeah, it's still not... At that point, it's not worth the amount of energy we bring to simple conversations like that sometimes. Yeah. A second one is we use halt a lot. Am I hungry, angry, lonely, or tired? If I'm in that yeah. state, Please. that's not the time to have that conversation. No. I need to discern. Those are do not pass go until yeah. you have resolved the hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. And then uh, I think a third one that happens, am I weaponizing their deficiencies in an avoidance tactic of my own? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I'm going to keep all of the attack on the person I'm in, whatever this relationship is, as opposed to looking inward and asking, what is it that I'm doing that is bringing that out in them, right? And if I can say, man, I am really, truly working to get it right with them, and this is continuing to persist, then cool, I can bring it up. And I think it's also really helpful to remember, no one, even the people who say that they enjoy it because they want to get better, which I would be wired that way, it still hurts, Right? Especially when it comes from someone you really love and you care about. We're all human beings. Yeah. We have emotions. Yeah. So realizing if I am going to bring something to the table to discuss about a deficiency or a frustration in the other person, the amount of grace, care, and concern I do because I truly care for them is going to guide how I have that conversation. Mm -hmm. That's really good. Okay. Well, how do you keep choosing into a relationship when it's hard, mm-hmm. when things are hard, when things are dry, mm-hmm. you know, it's just different seasons, transitions. How do you keep choosing into the relationship? Yeah, this is, I think, again, this, this one is prefaced with context of the type of relationship, right? So if we're talking about things have gotten, the dynamic has gotten hard between you and someone you lead, that's a different conversation. Okay, than... t- take that one first. Yeah, so things have gotten hard between you and someone on your team that you're you're leading. I think there is some different layers that's important to to reproach or to approach is like what has caused it to things to become tense, right? Like are these are these the way that that you've been communicating to one another? Is it time for a shift? Is it like, what's the culprit that's beneath the tension? And I think that will kind of open the door to some action steps. I have never regretted rehumanizing someone I lead. Yeah. It is, it is really hard in an organizational setting, in a, in a company setting, to only speak to people on the level of job performance. Yeah. And I have found people want to be shown care as a human for their thriving as a human. And then finally, their development professionally. Mm -hmm. I I heard this analogy of 
Um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Maslow's never wrote that as a hierarchy. It's just things that need to exist for human flourishing. He didn't originally put it in a hierarchy? No, he... So someone took his stuff... And put it in a hierarchy. Interesting, I yeah. didn't know that. So, uh, the analogy I heard taught was, it's more like holes in a ship. Your ship can't will not holistically set sail unless those holes are plugged, right? Unless the ship is sound. So, as a leader... I have generally learned to observe a decrease in job performance or weirdness in my interaction with my employees as probably not starting at work. There's probably either something going on in me that is changing how I'm showing up for them or there's something going on in them that's changing how they're showing up here. Mm-hmm. So I've never regretted rehumanizing. How are you? What's going on? Why aren't we getting this right? Yeah. has been a really helpful conversation. Framework. And, yeah. framework. and that's a framework honestly, that will serve you no, no matter the type of relationship. Cause then thinking in context of like, if it's a family relationship that's gotten hard, yeah, it's like, again, what is, what's beneath the, the tension there? Is it just that it's gone, you know, maybe you're so used to, like we get so familiar with the people around us, right? Like we can get into these relational habits sometimes that stop serving us just because they've become so common so honestly like another big we kind of mentioned this before but another big thing to help re-engage a relationship that's gotten tense or or hard is like when's the last time that you really thought about what you appreciate about that person like what is it that brought you together in the first place if it's if it's a, a member on your team or a family member or someone you're you're married to like What is it that drew them to you in the first place? Like, what were those qualities? What were those things that you noticed about them? What were those experiences that you had um, that brought you together? And when was the last time that you actually noticed those things? I think this is the last thing I'll add to this. I think that it is important to remember that love is a choice. Yeah. And I may not feel in love day to day. I choose love for the people that I love and who I know love me, right? Mm-hmm. So there are times in my relationships because of what's going on in me, what's going on in them, that my emotions will be a really crappy guide of my commitment to stay with them, right? Yeah. And again, that's friend. I've had friendships that have gone through really rough patches, right? And my commitment is to, I know I'm a better person when this person is around, yeah. Yeah. right? And until that stops being true, I will continue to do the work to contain and or maintain this friendship. Yeah. This or is relationship. this is where the conversation around lenses and getting out of the box are really important because if you're in the box with someone, you can't actually see anything different. And that is a callback to an earlier episode. an earlier episode, yep. And then recognizing like what lens am I choosing to put on all the time about yep. this this person in my life because Whatever lens I'm looking through is all I'm going to see. So if I'm only seeing the negative or where things aren't working or where things have gotten stale, that's all that my brain's going to be able to see. So that's where we start is with us really before ever the other person. That's really great. And, and that, gives, that gives all of us the fuel to choose. Yeah. Like doing the mental work of the gratitude. And, right. And, um, all Which that. is not easy, by the no, way. No, it's not. Especially yeah. when, you know, it's dry and you haven't done it in a while. Yep. But it gives us the fuel to choose, to continue to choose. Okay, well, um, in the scenario that the choices brought us to a breakup. Ooh. How do you get over a breakup? 
You're, you're going to want me to tell the embarrassing story. Right. I, We're going to let Ed take this one. We'll talk about what I didn't do right. Um, I went through a breakup as a young adult. It was my first serious, legitimate girlfriend. And it was not a healthy breakup in pretty much every definition of the word. Why well, was it healthy? On my side and on her side. Well, um, you had put it off. I had put off what I knew needed to happen. Yeah. And then she did what needed to happen and did it in a very cutting, harmful, hurtful way. Right? And um, the church I was on staff at had two locations, one of which was a little further removed into the country. And I was there for worship practice. I got there early and... The I can go emo really fast. And so you were there. You were there early. I'm early by myself. I'm the only person in this building. I'm in the sanctuary. I knew how to turn the sound system on. I plug my phone in, and I put on Jars of Heart by Christina Perry, and was literally crying. And Jar the, of Hearts. Jar of Hearts, and like crying, like just in my feels, and uh, the worship pastor. Wait! That, wait! 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 Yeah. Were you singing this at the top of yeah, your lungs? Yeah, I was lungs? singing at the top of my lungs by myself. <laughs> he I was had, trying to leave that detail in out. A, in, a dark, in a dark room. In a dark <laughs> I room. think that our listeners need to... A dark sanctuary. It's not even a room. It's a sanctuary. <laughs> it's a sanctuary. Like, so there's chairs in the, a stage. Are you sitting back in the sound booth? I'm sitting back in the sound booth. The lights are all off. And I'm singing the song at the top of my lungs. And you're probably, your voice is probably cracking. Yeah. Well, and I can't see. Even if my voice wasn't, I can't sing. <laughs> and it's not... You must, you must Google the song, Jars of Heart, so that you can imagine... Yeah. Imagine Ed crying <laughs> By like, Christina Perry. like a two-year-old. Yeah, it was not great. It was not the fun. And so the, uh, the worship pastor. The song and what happens? The worship pastor who was like a logger and a hunter, this manliest of men, <laughs> who yeah. was a mentor to me, opens, I see the door open and him and I make eye contact and he just kind of slowly closes the door to the sanctuary. <laughs> and him and I, this guy's a G. He never brought it up. Never. Never. Even that night, didn't bring it up. Never yes. brought it up ever. Like Come an absolute on. G. What I did get right, though, I do want to own this. What I, I did get right is, so when we are working on building a relationship, my understanding of myself and what matters is done in context with this person I'm building a relationship with, right? I remember going through that breakup and going into my room and sitting down with a journal and saying, if building this relationship towards something that would last is not my focus, then what should I be focused on? And out of that came my five core values that have guided and directed my life since then. And it was in, and I'm not promising this as a magic bullet, but it was in my commitment to honoring and growing in those five values that ultimately because of that I think I met you Mm -hmm. and we started to build a relationship together right so it changed what you were looking for yeah and so I want to pair this with going through a breakup and there's varying levels to that if you were together for like four days a couple weeks whatever like versus something that was that I dated that girl for a year yeah almost a year and a half like I was saving up to buy a ring right so the there's varying levels to that the question i think remains the same if it's not this then what is it mm-hmm. where is my focus and yeah. pairing that with it's okay to feel all the emotions grief right. grief works like waves so there yep. will be days when you're totally fine and we don't make decisions in the height of trying to prove someone wrong or in the depths of trying to get them back we don't make decisions in either of those states 
I understand that there will be waves of grief coming for a while. And then out of that, I will establish and continue to build the life that I see for myself. Yeah. And the other thing I would encourage people in that situation, intentionally put yourself around other people in your life that, that know you and can just make space for you. And they have no expectations for how you show up or if you're sad or grieving, they're just going to be there, you know, with you. I'm also really glad too, though. I want to pair that with, I had a couple friends that were like, all right, it's time to move on. Like (laughs) we've been sad. It's time to get up. It's time to get up. Let's go. Yeah. You know, so there, and yeah, you need both. You need friends who will sit with you. And not tear apart the other person. Yeah, yeah, that's but good. But will sit with you and remind you of who they know you to be and help you have fun and get and stay engaged. And there reaches a point where it's like, okay, yeah, it's time to get up. One, one more thing too is like the break, the process of the breakup and the grieving of it will be infinitely harder depending on what we make it mean. Mm. So if we make it mean that we weren't enough or that we'll never be enough for someone, or we're like broken somehow, then our ability to process through those emotions is going to be so much bigger than the feeling of not having that person in our life anymore. And so that's a, an important question for reflection. Is like, what if I'm really struggling through a breakup right now, like what is it that I'm, I'm making it mean? Do I just miss this person or is it bigger than that? Yeah. Yeah. And the more, I mean, from again, someone who dated for a couple of weeks to people who have been married for years, yeah. right? The more complex your lives had grown together, the longer the process of working out what separating yeah. that looks like, yep. right? So, we have a we have a good friend of ours that talks about how the process of grief, you know, again, depends on the context. Takes a it requires a full year. Yeah. Because of all of the different season of seasons of life that come up within a full year. So as the longer you put off the process, that year mark starts then. So if you're kind of avoiding dealing with the emotions coming up of having someone be broken up with you or not in your life anymore, like know that it's going to require all four seasons to like fully process that. Okay, so with that in mind and people having kind of a sober concept of breaking up Mm -hmm. talk to our listeners that they are in a relationship that is not they know it's not something that they are able to express the fullness of who they are Mm. and this could be romantic it could be it could be like a best friend that you've had for years or you know and And you've just like grown how do you break up Mm -hmm. yeah like, how do you do that? How do you get yourself... Generally in a coffee shop. <laughs> in a public place. In a public place. No, that that was so how... Man, I felt so bad working in... I feel bad working in coffee shops watching like, oh, that's a tough conversation happening right now. Um, I... Th- this This is what I have settled on. Having gone through a relationship where I feel like I really lost myself in an attempt to keep the relationship. Yeah. Is at some point, the cost of finding myself again, conti- like the cost of finding myself again continues to grow. Mm-hmm. And at some point, I will be willing to pay that cost. Mm-hmm. So I would much rather pay that cost. I'm, I'm speaking kind of here to dating relationships. I'd much rather pay that cost when that cost is lowest, which is when we're dating. 
And then you get engaged, the cost just got higher. You get married, the cost just got higher. Now you have families kids, involved. You just and... got higher, right? Mm-hmm. At some point, I will want permission to walk in my fullness. And this is the real sad thing, is at the longer I delay that conversation, my partner has the right to say, I didn't see this coming. Yeah. Because every step was another agreement mm. that this is who I am. Right? You are getting who I believe myself to be. Yeah. Right? So I I am always an advocate for, hey, I'm realizing I have not been getting this part of my relationship with you right. I have been hiding parts of me, hiding what's important to me. That is not your fault. I established a rhythm within the two of us where I did that. Yeah. That is something I've been doing. Mm-hmm. What would it look like for me to begin to explore and grow in these components of me is that something you could see us doing together? Is yeah. that something we could reestablish a rhythm of our relationship around that? That's open, honest, responsible communication yeah, yeah. and honoring to the relationship you've built. Yep. And then from there, both of you are at choice about what you do moving forward. Right. Right. I think the thing that I get really frustrated about is when someone blames the person they're in a relationship with for how they've been showing up. Right. And that's not fair because I have trained the person that this is how I show up. So right. why would they expect anything different from me? Right. They don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think realizing that conflict delayed is conflict multiplied. And I would much rather make the payment early than with interest later. Because then the flip side of that, where this gets really unfortunate, is this is how people end up blowing up their lives in like you call them midlife crises where you have denied parts of yourself for so long of, or things that were important to you or dreams you had for the future. And it reaches a point where it's like, you've been on this conveyor belt, so to speak, where it's just one thing, you know, one, you have two kids now, or you're buying a new house or you're moving States or whatever. And then you see people, it's, it happens all the time of people just out of seemingly out of nowhere, just like flip the switch. And they can't take the dissonance anymore. Yeah, relationships are relationship struggles are never out of nowhere. Mm. There were micro decisions that started a while ago right. that has compounded to the public thing that now you're observing. Or things that you believed would maybe change with time. And so you just kind of like... That was great advice we got. Someone, some couple that, I can't remember who, we asked them like, what is, what have you seen work in marriage? And they said, I would assume that your partner is never going to change. Yeah. And if you can live, if you can conceptualize doing... Like building your life. Building your life with with this current version of them. Does that work? Yeah. And I think that's a great gift that I can... We have a hard time projecting potential consequence... It's way easier to project it working. Yeah. Like the analogy I use for this is I remember this lifeguard telling me like, I can afford this car and the payments on it if I don't eat one day a week. (laughs) Wait. Like they literally said that (laughs) to me. This is the most unhealthy young adult reasoning I've ever heard. Like if I don't eat, if I don't eat. It's fine. I just won't eat on Tuesdays. I just won't eat on Tuesdays. That sounds like something Molly would do Like I can afford. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. I can afford. <laughs> I can afford it. I can afford the Molly's payment like, on this Wait, car. that's a good strategy, I I actually. Like, and <laughs> it's not that to, bad. to prove drive this point home, <sighs> if I just don't bring up, then our relationship is great. Yep. 
And that's exactly what we do. We we project our ability to avoid right. and these you can parts avoid of things us. for so long. Yeah, you can avoid yeah. things for a while. And life, God, the universe has this profound way of saying, No, nothing gets to stay hidden forever. Yeah. And I would hate to have a relationship that is only peaceful and congruent based on what we don't talk about instead of what we could and what and we could create. Like I can say this with conviction because this is what I feel from you. Like what, what a gift to be able to be in a relationship with someone that sees the full, the full capacity of who you are and where, what your dreams are. And they like empower those, Mm -hmm. right? Like why would I ever want to settle for something less than that? Well, and I, I think that's another gift too is like, I have a history with addiction I've struggled with some of my addictions since we got married. Mm-hmm. And the you don't just embrace my strength. You also embrace my shadow side. Mm-hmm. In the sense of... You, of which we all have. Of which we all have. You holistically love me. You don't tolerate that in me. Right? right? Like you I call, call me you up, up. You call me up. You remind me of who you know yeah. me to be. We call each other up. There is nothing that needs to be hidden though. Yeah. Right? And so I... I would encourage anyone who's realizing, man, I'm hiding a part of me and a part of what I think makes me me to maintain this relationship. I said this to someone last week. I would hate for them to die losing themselves in an attempt to keep someone else. Mm-hmm. And that's a humbling thought. I would hate to end my life wondering who I was and not – and this is the weird thing is I will give up myself in an attempt to find belonging with someone else. And then because I was constantly trying to morph to keep them, I'm not even sure if I ever had them. Yeah. So I die getting neither. I don't get to know me and I don't feel authentic belonging with other people. Yeah, right. That's really good. So I'd much rather have the conversation early. Excellent. Excellent stuff, guys. This is fun. This is fun. I just love hearing what comes off the top of the, the cuff. top of your head when yeah. you get questions. I mean, we could keep going. For the record, I looked it up. Spattering and smattering are both words. Thank oh! you. Thank you. No way. I feel vindicated. Oh my I knew gosh. smattering was a word. What does smattering mean? Um, actually, smattering in, in is the actual correct thing. What? Oh yeah. my God. You meant to say smattering. So spatter spatter has to do with droplets, like a like yeah, yeah. rain spattering. And then, hold on, let me relook Smattering up. is like a... Like a, a like a smorgasbord of things. A slight superficial knowledge of a language or subject. Oh, that's funny. Google's definition: Edward had only a smattering of Spanish, <laughs> which is very true. Wow, I my understanding of I Spanish is a the smattering. The word herder is humbled right now. Yes. All right. This was fun. Yeah, we could do these for a whole season if we wanted to. <laughs> that would be fun. Um. We just want to take a second as we end here today. There were so many other questions we could get to, and there will be more of these Q&As in the future. We just want to shout out every every single one of you that have listened to these episodes this season. Ed and I are just are so grateful for you and for sharing this with other people that have been helpful to them. Um, we're getting we're starting to plan our next season of the podcast we're excited it'll be a fun summer series so if you have 
topic ideas that you would love to hear us address or deep dives on things that we've talked about before, we'd love to hear from you. So you can reach out to us, info at axioswellness.com, or you can DM us on any of our social media channels. And we're excited to, to see what's next.